Welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy with your host, me, Brian Russell of Chef Fry Comedy. You can reach me at all of my socials on Twitter and Instagram at Chef Fry Comedy. That's Chef B R Y Comedy. And today's episode is a little special to me. It's about grief and depression and anxiety and how to find balance in your life. It's a tough world out there. I'm a comedian, but I'm also a person and I hurt too. Some things work for me, and they might work for you as well. So grab your favorite beverage, and let's get started. Hello again. Welcome to Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bride Comedy. I am a stand-up comedian, writer, and voice actor slash voice artist. And uh, today, I want to talk about grief and depression and anxiety. And it's a good day to do it, too, because I'm having a little bit of anxiety today. Um, but that's not going to stop me from talking to my friends, you guys. And this is a judgment-free zone, so welcome aboard. Um, I hope you guys have listened to uh, my first week of podcasts. I have three out so far. This is my second week. Uh, I, I have some news for you guys. Um, I I decided instead of three times a week... I'm going to go back to the two times a week format. And the reason being is because, uh, frankly, I have to have a work to life to play balance ratio because I'm trying to write some books and uh, I have other commitments that I have to do. And so uh, we I I believe the two times per week format will work. And uh, it's not really a financial thing, although that financial does come into it because the more hours you put out. Uh, the, the more it costs, but I'm not that concerned about that. It's, it's mostly to do just getting the right balance in my life. Um, being a highly sensitive person, I, I do find that, um, you know, just sometimes, uh, frankly, uh, you know, you, you need days to decompress. You, you need, uh, the right amount of fitness, not too much fitness, not too little amount of fitness. And so for me, uh, you know, finding and striking that balance can be um, terribly difficult, especially if you're dealing with depression or anxiety. And today I'm having a little bit of anxiety. I think it's because it's kind of a gloomy day here in Oregon. And that always seems to get me a little bit down and anxious. And plus, uh, my wife and I, Saturday night, we uh, <laughs> did something we never do, which is uh, we drank a whole bunch of these White Claw beverages, the alcoholic beverages, and <laughs> yeah, we we got a little bit buzzed, uh, to say the least, and uh, I had a little bit of a hangover yesterday, and uh, I think that could be contributing to me feeling a little bit malaise, but uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's a perfect time to talk about grief and depression and anxiety, because I think they're all tied together in some way. Um, grief and, and, and depression and anxiety can all come from a variety of factors, whether it be chemical imbalance, could be a life imbalance. Maybe you're just not getting uh, what you need uh, for your heart and soul. Uh, and sometimes it could just be, um, you know, a, ke- a chemical thing. It could be a chemical imbalance that is either natural uh, that maybe your brain just produces too much of something or not enough of something. Um, but, and I'm not a psychologist. This isn't, you know, I'm not coming to you, uh, from a clinical perspective. I'm just a guy with an opinion. And so please take my advice for what it is. Uh, I want to help you guys. I want to help myself. Uh, this is good therapy for me and I hope it's good therapy for you as well. But, but yeah, you know, I'm just a regular person, you know, I'm a comedian uh, I'm trying to be a writer. And uh, so, you know, I'm coming to you as a friend. I will never steer you wrong, uh, you know, because I, I frankly try to stay away from bad advice, <laughs> you know, because what works for me is because it starts working because I'm now in my, you know, late 40s and people in their late 40s do need a little bit more, you know, tender, loving care. We need more self-care than we did in our 30s and 20s. Um, and so I'm a little bit different than I used to be. I'd like to think that I still have, um, you know, the competitive edge and whatnot. But but the truth is, is, you know, life is incredibly taxing. Uh, it can be difficult and you get tired and you get fatigued and you get stressed out. And uh, especially, you know, if you're not getting that emotional pleasure out of life, you know, that, that, 
you know, especially like career, career things. If you're not having a good career, uh, time in your career, uh, it, it can really just get you down and, uh, make you feel, you know, 10 times worse. And so, uh, you know, Rebecca and I, you know, we're trying, I'm trying to do all these new things and Rebecca, you know, she's got her flagship job working at the grocery store and, uh, she's doing a really good job and, you know, but I'm trying very hard to push myself and, uh, maybe that's causing a little bit of anxiety. Um, but, but that's okay. That's okay. You know, you know, grief and depression, anxiety, they're all, they're all kind of interconnected. I think, you know, uh, for me, I don't think I have what, what you would call clinical depression. I don't think I have a chemical imbalance of any kind. Uh, I think for myself, uh, that depression is situational. You know, and if when you don't get what you want out of life and when uh, life starts throwing you uh, the wrong kinds of things uh, over time, you know, what we used to be able to tolerate, we can no longer tolerate in great amounts, you know, and there's a lot of stress out there and there's a lot of hateful people out there. And and so you really have to take care of yourself and um, just learn, you know, to to find that balance for yourself because that line is different for every single person. And, uh, as far as grief is concerned, you know, uh, for me, I didn't know a lot about grief until, you know, the first time, uh, I really experienced grief was when my grandmother passed away in 1999. Uh, she was my, you know, my best friend. She was uh, a special person to me. And, uh, I heard it of all things, my grandfather left me a message and it was right after I bought my, a brand, well, it wasn't a brand new car. It was my, uh, a brand new to me car. I had just got home with a brand new car. Uh, and I was all excited. And then I played the message machine back when we still had answering machines. And, uh, he, he's like, Hey, it's your grandpa. Uh, your grandma died. Uh, give me a call. <laughs> and I'm like in shock, you know, like, you know, my grandfather didn't mean to be, uh, <laughs> you know, he didn't mean, mean to be, uh, you know, impolite or, or, uh, you know, uh, you know, he, he wasn't trying to hurt anybody, but sometimes he had a way of being very matter of fact that could, uh, grant, you know, shock, shock you to the core. Um, but, uh, but he was a good man too, though. Um, very gentle soul. Um, anyway, but grief. You know, uh, in, in 2017, uh, Chris Cornell, my favorite singer of all time, passed away. In 2019, my girls passed away. My, they're cats. And I'm sure that's different than children. You know, I'm not going to say that, that cats are as uh, important, but they are your kids, you know. And for highly sensitive people, sometimes uh, losing something that you care about someone or something that you care about, uh, is very difficult. And, uh, for me, you know, just, it was just one thing after the other first Chris Cornell and then, uh, Anthony Bourdain. And then of course, Chester Bennington from Lincoln park. Um, and, uh, you know, all these deaths, they always seem to come in threes and, um, yeah. And then, and then of course my girls, uh, Annabelle got sick with, uh, kidney disease and we had to put her down. And then four months later, uh, Abby got the same thing. Um, it's probably why I, I won't give water from the tap to my new cat here, uh, Gouda, who some of you have probably seen on Instagram. Uh, you know, and it's, 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 I don't know if it's just psychological, but I feel like the filtered water makes me feel better that I, because I don't, I just want to rule it out. You know, like if, if they got kidney disease because they were getting too much of something in the tap water, uh, I want to make sure that my, I never do that again. And I'm sure it's just sort of a, you know, me being hysterical, but you know, when you love your pets, you'll do, you'll do anything for them. And, uh, so grief. Yeah. I've been dealing with grief off and on for 20 years now, but I'm, I've been very fortunate because I've, I've seen people that have, you know, have got gone through much worse, uh, people who lose their parents. Uh, I, I did lose my father, but we weren't super close. My parents divorced when I was, um, 
well, two years old. So I never really got a chance to know my dad on a, on a fatherly level. We got to be friends later on in life. And, um, you know, I grew up with my mother mostly and my grandparents on my mom's side. Um, but I did, she did make sure to, to include him and, and his side of the family. And so I'm very lucky in that regard that I got to know him. But, um, but for me, grief, I, I've been very lucky, you know, because, uh, yeah, I know people who've lost their parents. I know that I worry a lot about my mother as she gets older. Um, you know, my, my wife and her parents, as they get older, you know, we're at that age where they're, they're getting older. They're in their seventies, you know, and it's just sucks. It's just getting older sucks. I hate being older. I much would prefer being 30 again. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, you have to, you know, what choice do you have? Here you are, you're on this earth and the only other choice would be to die. And we don't want that. So you, you have to learn to toughen up and to process your grief. Um, and yeah, it, uh, it's hard. It's, it's really hard, you know? And, uh, I know, you know, there's people uh, I knew, uh, I know a, a guy from high school who lost his daughter and, uh, oh God, I just, you know, it, it's hurtful, man. It, it really, really hurts on a deep, deep level. It's like, oh my goodness. And, um, I know, uh, another person who lost their, uh, I mentioned that on a previous episode, uh, a person who lost their uh, fiance, he, he committed suicide. Uh, my wife lost her fiance before we had met. Um, after six months, he uh, died of an overdose and uh, his name was Jay. And uh, I, I feel like I have a special connection or special bond to his, his spirit, if you will. And um <clears throat> That's why I try so hard to be a, a good husband to my wife because, you know, everybody, everybody's going through something, you guys. And, and that's what really, really sucks about living in a time where, you know, there's 7.2 billion people on this planet. And unfortunately, as special as life is, uh, it stops losing that specialness if you're in the wrong situation or if you're around too many people and just overpopulation in and of itself will, you know, unfortunately unravel some of the specialness of, of, of that individuality and that uniqueness of each individual. And so as soon as people start getting into groups and those groups start becoming, you know, uh, you know, small sectors of society, uh, you know, culture versus counterculture, um, you know, different groups, different political affiliations, um, you know, as soon as people start, stop losing their individuality, that's when they become a part of a group think. And that group think sometimes can be a good thing. You know, if you're maybe a part of a church or maybe you're a part of some program that helps you part of some fitness club, but sometimes those, that group think can, can be detrimental to society because, Look what's going on in our politics today. You know, uh, you know, say what you want about uh, President Joe Biden. Uh, you know, he's to me, he, he's a good, good hearted man. And uh, Trump, you know, never mind what you think of of him as, as, as a personality. Um, I just didn't think he was a very capable leader. I didn't think he was a very kind person. And I don't think he had much interest in actually solving problems. And so when it becomes about the person or the cult or the culture, and it's, it's less about helping people, uh, things can get very, very erratic and very, very um, just bad for our society. And, uh, you know, and that's I'm not trying to pick on conservatives. You know, you, you might have a reason to like him and uh, good for you on that. But um, for personally, for my money. I'd rather have a kind and decent human being in the office and uh, looking out for the little guy. And uh, we need to create a functional society. And uh, yeah, we need, we need, we need to gain back that uniqueness <clears throat> and that specialness that makes us human. Um, and, and how do we do that? You know, how do we do that? How do we get gain back that unique 
you know, specialness that each individual should have that has sort of been obscured and obfuscated by society um, just because there's just too many people in the world, too many people, too many problems, uh, too much wealth, uh, not enough opportunity, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, division between the haves and the have-nots. The haves want their tax breaks. The have-nots want a decent job and opportunities and not being exploited. And so, yeah, as soon as you become a politician, unfortunately, you start making really good money and you lose that very reason that you're supposed to be a man of the people. And so I would like to get back to the days where politicians served only a few years or, or, or at least get back to the days where, uh, you know, it was a public service and it wasn't a career, you know, because in those days um, it was an honor. And maybe you were a lawyer or maybe you were a scholar or a professor back in the olden days and you would go serve your country, your rep- you would represent your district for two years and uh, oftentimes you only did it a few times at most. And that was it. But nowadays, you take people, you know, and I don't want to get too much into politics, um, but you take people like Mitch McConnell, and I don't think that fucking guy knows anything about what's right and wrong. I just don't. I just don't. I don't think a good portion of our body politic has enough compassionate leaders. And um, and frankly, I think there's a lacking of of love and acceptance in our culture. And uh, a lot of that is, you know, festers because of our political I- ideology and our political beliefs. And so unfortunately, if you're liberal, uh, you're probably not going to like a lot of conservatives or conservatism. And on the contrary, uh, if you're conservative, maybe you have just really you're a decent person and you're just a good Christian and you believe in fiscal conservatism, but now your party, you know, has gone from, uh, Hank Hill to Dale Gribble, <laughs> bunch of, uh, conspiracy theorists and, uh, whack, wackadoos, if you will, you know? Um, but anyway, I, I really don't want to get onto politics. It's just that we need compassion in our culture. We need opportunity for those who don't have it. And uh, I think there's a lot of, you know, capitalism, you know, even George Bush uh, has said that he believes in compassionate capitalism. And that's what we need. We need compassionate capitalism, because the truth is, is that if you get enough rich people doing the right things and enough leaders that care about the little people and you get enough of that, you actually start making some real change. And, And so what's so toxic is the people like Trump who are just looking out for the wealthy and then keeping their base in line by keeping them riled up uh, through telling them that, you know, the deep state's coming for you and that the Mexicans are crossing the border. And, and what that does is that that radicalizes people. And it happens on both sides. So I'm not trying to pick on just the right, but that radicalization needs to we need to tone it down we need to break, take down the temperature and we need <clears throat> our body politic to start reflecting our values because it's so easy to assume that oh that liberal they don't like to work and they don't they just want free money and they just want socialism and and then of course socialism gets all screwed up and gets compared to uh you know um you know Things that like Marxism and uh, things like that, and uh, and communism, which it, it isn't, it isn't that at all. Um, we we do operate today as a capitalist society with the integration of socialism, because when you look at roads and bridges and airports, that's all socialism. When you think of police, fire, and and uh, uh, police and fire and EMTs and and, and the safety triad, that's all socialism too. And so, you know, what we have right now is a left versus right. We have all this money that we're taking from the American people through taxes. And how do we spend that money? And uh, 
the, the left wants programs and services for a lot of different groups that have been um, ignored in our society. And then the, the right often think that that's, you know, too, you know, like too spendy, you know, too expensive. They want to get down to the brass tacks. They want people to be tougher. They want people to lift themselves up by the bootstraps, et cetera, et cetera. But how do you lift yourself by the bootstraps if you have no boots and you have no straps? You know, so what we have to do is we have to find this balance. And that's, you know, going back to my initial premise that grief causes anxiety and depression and sadness cause uh, irritability, uh, causes, uh, you know, you don't feel like yourself. You've, you're losing your self-control. You're losing your self-esteem. And so all these things are integrated into you. And so really finding balance is probably the hardest thing for me that I've ever been able to do because I can get, you know, very, very into my fitness and feel like I'm super healthy. And then I, I, I'm, you know, I'm neglecting some other facet of my life. And then I can get super into my work and very, you know, productive but then, uh, you know, my my fitness, uh, you know, is lacking a little bit. And so um, and then when I burn myself out, especially with fibromyalgia, um, <clears throat> you know, it just gets to the point where I need too much time off. I have to take two days off just to recover from something. And that uh, isn't always ideal either, because who's got that much time off, you know? And so it, we we really have to in order to gain an edge in our society, we have to really find balance. And so uh, today, you know, I'm a little anxious, um, but I feel okay. And and so I'm always, every day, asking myself, what do I need? Do I need to go for a run? Do I need a, to laugh? If Do I need something to remind myself of humanity? And that's what I'm always doing every single day is I'm gauging where I'm at and then from there making choices that will fulfill whatever it is that I'm lacking. And I know it sounds like common sense, but sometimes it's not always that easy when you're talking to yourself, when you're inside your own head, because frankly, you know, not everybody talks to themselves. Uh, everybody's thinking is different and, uh, you know, bad habits becomes, we, we become so accustomed to bad habits and bad uh bad mental uh, uh, philosophies, our own inner voice starts, uh, we start losing control of what's right and wrong, not to a criminal extent, but, you know, just where, you know, maybe you're eating, maybe you like to eat too much at night and you snack too much, or maybe you go, you know, you work a job and so you, you're, you can't get into your fitness. I mean, we all struggle with that balance. And so for me, it's really hard because I have fibro and I have a little bit of depression and I have a little bit of anxiety. And so finding balance is so incredibly tough for me. And, uh, and as a lot of people who already know me know, um, <clears throat> it's, you know, I've taken entire weeks off because of depression and I know that's not ideal. <laughs> I know that's not ideal. Um, and that's why this podcast is so important to me because you guys might be thinking, well, what you're not very funny. Why are you trying to be a comedian? Well, that side of me is my id. It's my super ego and my id, if you will, you know, um, like take Joe Rogan, for example, everybody knows who he is. Um, Joe Rogan isn't really that funny on his podcast, but then when you see him on stage, he's a wild man, you know, and, and that's his id. That's his, super ego coming out to play. It's his crazy wild side, you know, like Robin Williams. Robin Williams was a very uh, thoughtful and gentle soul, um, but put him on stage and man, he could just catch fire. He was just one of the greatest comedic talents of our time. Richard Pryor, oh, the list goes on. Dave Chappelle, there's so many good comics out there. And while, you know, and that's the thing that I'm, trying to discover is my voice. You know, 
uh, not just my voice, you know, my radio voice, <laughs> but uh, my 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 voice of who I want to be, and and that, you know, that's hard because you know some days you get kind of cranky and irritable, and other days you're feeling more confident than others, and um, some some days you know it's like trying to find your zen, and you want to find your zen. And if you're too Zen, then everybody makes fun of you for being too sensitive. And if you don't have enough Zen or enough sense of humor, you know, it's it's not about people judging you. That's not what we should worry about. It's about how we feel about ourselves. And so sometimes when I'm feeling very Zen and very um, gentle and peaceful, uh, I feel um, vulnerable because I feel vulnerable to attack. And that could be attacks on social media. That could be just... Uh, psychic attacks, you know, where I'm putting down my guard. I, you know, when you're an empath, you have to filter, you have to filter out the bad and uh, stick to uh, what works for you. And uh, you literally have to put up this sort of blockade between you and that real world because too much reality, I'm sorry, no person, <laughs> no person can handle too much reality at once. And, and uh, while we all want to be pragmatists and we all want to be uh, you know, skeptical and down, you know, uh, grounded and, uh, you know, too, too much. We don't want to be too much into pseudoscience. And, and yet we all have a side where we want to be, uh, we want to, we want to be a free spirit. We want our spirits to soar. And, and that spirit often, you know, gravitates to, to, you know, herbs and herbology and, uh, maybe crystals or an energy. And, and, you know, that goes into what I was saying as an empath with energy, energy is all about intention. And so when you feel other people's energy and that intention feels uh, either judgmental or maybe it's just too societal for you, you know, people who are out there get very good at being strong. And so when they come off as overpowering to people who are more genteel or more uh, sensitive, you know, and so, so for for us highly sensitive people, it's it's all about trying to find that 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 competitive edge. You know, we we uh, we're always looking to gain an advantage because we're all going through it. You know, and especially as we get older. Uh, so yeah, grief, depression, anxiety. Uh, I, I think they're all intertwined. I you know, uh, it's all about chemical balance. It's all about you know comfort and happiness. And, uh, you know, where do we draw the line? Because too much comfort can make you complacent, not enough, you know, discomfort. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're not pushing ourselves anymore. And so it's really difficult, you know, and, and that's the thing, you know, you'll see a lot of things on social media, say things about self-care. Self-care is very important, especially in a capitalist society, because, people take for granted just how difficult uh, people's mental and emotional health uh, and that maintenance can be, you know, and your boss nine times out of 10 doesn't give a flying shit on whether or not you're suffering from depression or some mental health problem. And so we, it's up to ourselves to have to do so. And uh, it's just so very important. And I, I believe whatever gets you through, that's not hurting you is the way to do it. And for me, you know, back in my twenties, uh, I drank too much and then I quit drinking when I was 30 and I've been quit for so long that I have a drink occasionally had a little bit too much on Saturday. I will admit, but, um, <clears throat> people who are sensitive, uh, people who, who have emotional, uh, problems, whether it be just a, a, an emotional and sensitivity or a, or perhaps they're just, uh, maybe they don't like their job, or maybe they feel under too much pressure, or maybe people in our society are just growing too um, rude and demanding and critical. And so we're always, you know, putting up our wall, you know, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, uh, it's just that sometimes when you have a wall around you, you don't let anything in or anyone in. And so Sometimes it, it will keep us from growing as people. And another thing is drugs and alcohol. Uh, we all probably partake in something, e even a little bit. Um, you know, I smoke a little bit of marijuana at night. 
um, just a tiny bit because I am a runner. I don't want to <laughs> ruin my cardio health, um, but it helps. But then too much, and I feel anxious. <laughs> so finding that balance, you know, uh, I've noticed that, uh, you know, just a couple drinks now and then help me when I'm really, really stressed out. And that was what Saturday was for for my wife and I was, you know, we were both stressed out. We've, you know, the pandemic completely ruined our social life and completely ruined any chance of going anywhere. And for two years now, practically, we've just, um, and, and even before that, uh, we don't get out enough. We don't go do enough things. Um, we don't have enough alone time. We don't have enough, you know, sometimes romance. And uh, that's probably getting into TMI information. <laughs> but no, it's it's okay because we all go, through like couples, we go through those periods of dry spells where we just aren't feeling sexy, aren't feeling loving. And uh, so we have to make that special time for our partner. And uh, yeah, and it's just, and that's, that's why balance is so incredibly, incredibly important and why blocking and filtering and organization of your thoughts and your life um, I'm a, so OCD. You should see my place. It's, everything's got right angles and <laughs> I'm, I'm a little uh, obsessive compulsive about how, how I like things organized. And that's because when I feel organized, I feel like I have my thoughts collected better. And, um, but then you have to be careful with that too, you know, because too much organization and one little thing goes out of order and you lose it, you know, you lose that feeling of control. And so, you know, it, it, like I said, everything in life, whether it be uh, your libations and, and substances, substances that you like to drink or, or take, uh, you know, legally, of course, um, you know, it all takes balance. We, we require uh, every minute and every hour of every day requires self-assessment. And so uh, for those days where we're just tired and we're pushing ourselves too hard, or maybe life or our job is pushing ourselves too hard. Um, we, you know, like some weekends, my wife, uh, we'll, we'll go off, you know, we used to go off and do things all the time. We used to go hiking a lot and, uh, we haven't done that for a while because of the pandemic. Um, and we used to go for weekends out, out at, you know, go get a hotel room and have a romantic weekend together. And we haven't done that for a while. And yeah, you know, and that, and so, you know, balance is incredibly hard to attain. It's incredibly hard to maintain. And it's incredibly hard always to be uh, honest with ourselves. You know, our, you know, I, I have a lot of friends right now. We're, we're all pushing 50 and a lot of them are in recovery right now and good for them. You know, um, I'm somebody, you know, who, uh, when I, think that I've been using too much of something, I back off, you know, and sometimes you have to take breaks, but, but, um, I just don't think that I want to quit substances forever because I like my caffeine and I like, you know, a little bit of pot at night and I like a couple drinks now and then. And so for me, finding that balance, uh, was critical. Um, especially because when I was younger, I had a little bit of an addictive personality and so, some people will say, well, if you have an addictive personality, you shouldn't be doing anything. And hey, maybe that's true in some cases. But for me, uh, I get, uh, you know, obsessive about my fitness. I get obsessive. I used to get obsessive about my looks, but now and eh, once you hit 45, man, it's all downhill. You just you you don't care quite as much about those bags under the eyes. You just let them roll, baby. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, balance, it's so incredibly hard to maintain and because if you, you know, try too hard in one area, you start neglecting in other areas. And so um, my best advice to you guys is every moment, not every second, but, uh, you know, every 20, 30 minutes, every half hour, every hour, whatever it is for you, just take, take, reflect, reflect on your, your day. Um, am I living in the present? Am I enjoying what I'm doing? And if you're not, you know, how can I make this more fun? Um, you know, uh, The Power of Now is a book that I've read. Um, I don't necessarily agree with all of it. But I do believe that there has to be a daily 
mindfulness of, of, of finding your happiness in that good, happy place. Because say you're at work and you're around people that you don't like and they don't, they're not very nice to you. Um, how do you find your joy? For me, it was always about um, staying in my happy place, uh, staying within my interests, constantly doing things that maintain those interests. Like for me, I love, uh, I've told you guys this before, I like teching, geeking, I call it. I geek out on tech or I just watch videos about tech or I learn about tech. Um, I like uh, building models. I collect um, Star Trek ships um, and I build uh, Star Trek ship models and things like that. And sometimes that helps me to maintain a, a feeling of just quiet concentration, you know, that relaxed concentration. It, it, it helps me to, uh, to keep uh, the outside world from invading and into my own personal headspace. And uh, everything is different for everyone. So, yeah, you know, um, I, I hope I touched on the right subjects for you. Um, this is a stream of consciousness uh, podcast. I do keep notes. And so I know what points I'm trying to make. Um, but I don't write everything because I don't want it to sound scripted. Um, but for me, the best way to maintain balance when you have depression, you have anxiety, you're getting older, uh, is to not beat yourself up so much. Um, give yourself a break. I think that's the hardest thing. You know, <clears throat> once you get into your fitness, you, you take too many days off and you, you beat yourself up about it. And then you work out too hard trying to make up for lost time. Um, I believe that, uh, the, that, that, a heavy-handed approach to life will give you heavy-handed results. And so uh, kind of a you, – you need that finesse. You need that soft approach to life where you give yourself just enough time to relax. Uh, you know, for me, reading, um, not always books, but sometimes books. Uh, I love audiobooks. Um, I'm, I'm uh, listening to an audiobook about Chris Cornell right now that's really good. It's called, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, fucking God Head, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Uh, but it's a really good uh, way of just getting out of your head. You know, um, sometimes wearing, he <clears throat> excuse me, sometimes wearing headphones is a really good uh, way of, of removing yourself from your surroundings, immersing yourself in good music. Um, it could be anything. It could be, you know, punk rock and metal for me is really good for, um, you know, just maintaining your sense of, of irreverence and, and sense of humor. Um, <clears throat> if I'm more in a spiritual mood, uh, maybe I'll go into some really interesting uh, synth music. Uh, you know, maybe you're into Enya or something, you know, but whatever, whatever works for you guys, you know, um, you know, because frankly, my taste in music isn't going to be your taste in music. It's, it's, it's about what <clears throat> it's about, how to achieve that end result, which is giving yourself enough of a break, but not so much of a break uh, that you're letting yourself down um, and being very honest, you know, being very honest with yourself. It's like, okay, Brian, let's gut check here, gut check time. Am I maintaining enough uh, in my health? Uh, the answer is no. I need to eat more vegetables. Check. I put it on my mental list. And I start eating more vegetables and I'll, I'll do a smoothie uh, with my greens, my green powders. And, you know, um, I'll start eating my green veggies more. Uh, and then you feel better um, mentally and physically. And, uh, you know, sometimes it, like, am I maintaining the right weight? I'd still like to drop another uh, seven to 10 pounds, uh, ideally. And so, um, you know, I, I tend to wait long periods of time before eating and so for me, uh, it's really helped me lose weight, but then I can go too long. And so, you know, maintaining the, the right balance between um, intermittent fasting uh, for me works, um, maintaining that, that your career goals and your personal life uh, goals, um, it's just, it's a really difficult thing to do if you are, are always a little anxious about it or if you're too hard on yourself. And most people are too hard on themselves that is why they're not maintaining that balance because 
They can't forgive themselves. They can't forgive themselves. And you so please, ladies and gentlemen, forgive yourself. Right now, I want you to forgive yourself for any of your shortcomings. You know, whatever it is. I'm sure that most of you are pretty good, fine people. And, uh, you know, very rarely do I meet people that are just gut-wrenchingly wrong. Most people are good. And you're good. And you're good enough. And so give yourself a break. But what I want you guys to do after this podcast is over is um, I want you to just uh, assess your life. Break it into categories, whatever works for you. Um, Career life and goals, personal life and goals, short-term goals, long-term goals. And instead of it making you anxious, I want, if there's things on it that you feel like you'll just never attain, you should give yourself a break. You know, like for me, I want to learn to play guitar. Um, every year I tell myself I'm going to learn to play guitar and I don't do it. And I have friends who play guitar very well. And I just feel like such a schmuck for not learning. But you know what? It's okay. I'm not going to learn to play guitar probably. And that's, that's okay. But with that time that I'm not learning guitar, I'm doing other things to better myself. I'm do, you know working on my fitness you know, I'm working on my relaxation techniques, um, hobbies. Get yourself a hobby, even if you're pressed for time. Uh, anything that, you know, makes you feel good to be alive. You know, like right now, um, I watch <laughs> I watch a lot of these videos on um, headphone reviews, and it's so random, but there are audiophiles out there who just love talking about headphones and headphones alone. It's a very niche thing. Um, but it's really fun because it, when I when I think about headphones, I'm not thinking about my problems, you know. And when I think about the science behind, you know, soundstage and all these uh, terms that are that I'm learning about um, an audio uh, setup, you know, when you when you when you think about things that give you joy or that keep your mind occupied, you're not thinking about things that make you anxious. And as far as you know. As far as anxiety goes, write down all the things that make you anxious and then and then next to it, put your possible solutions. How can I make that better? And um, and then once you have your list of all your pros and all your cons and all your faults and the things you have to work on, uh, maybe you're drinking too much. Maybe you're smoking too much pot. Maybe you're, you know, maybe you're just trying to get out of a rut. You know, you're too tired. You're burnt out. You've been working too much. Um, you know, maybe turn off the TV. Maybe it's just about, maybe you're not getting enough you time. You want, you're all day at work around people all day. And then the TV goes on and you're listening to TV shows about the real world. And it's about, you know, you know, courtroom dramas and police dramas and all that. And, and maybe what you need is, is to step away from that real world and get into something that, you know, uh, just reminds you of nothing. You know, it's like the old uh, uh, audio slave song. Uh, Chris Cornell uh, doesn't remind me of anything. You, sometimes you just need things that don't remind you of anything at all, you know, because oftentimes the way our brains work is they're all interconnected. You, so one thing will make you think about another thing and it starts a chain reaction or domino effect, if you will. And those things will start reminding you of other things that upset you. And so maybe it's just about finding new things, finding uh, a sense of relaxation and peace in your home life. And, uh, you know, if there's things that are out of your control, like you can't get rid of lousy roommates or you just can't afford to move out on your own or, you know, whatever it is, don't beat yourself up about it, you guys, because nobody has a perfect situation. Um, I've gotten rid of Facebook friends because... I thought their life were too good. I was like, you're breaking ground on another house? How is that possible? Where are you getting this money, you know? And, um, yeah, it'll make you feel bad because especially, like, down in California, um, you know, I, I know a lot of salt-of-the-earth people down there, um, but they don't even realize that just by being in California, they're caring about things more than they realize. They're caring too, you know, maybe they're caring too much about their looks Maybe they're caring too much about youth. Maybe they're caring too much about fitness or maybe they're caring too much about money. And so, you know, my best advice 
is to um, don't be a jealous person. But if somebody's giving you grief, um, you know, just ask yourself, why are they giving you grief? And sometimes you just got to put up those boundaries, you know, um, because, yeah, it, it's so easy to, to try to keep up with the Joneses. And, and you, you're like, oh, man, I'm never going to be like that person. That person has so much money or that person's so good looking or that person's so funny. There's, I'm just never going to live up to that person. And so that's another thing is, you know, and I said it in a previous podcast, stop comparing and contrasting others, but also stop comparing and contrasting yourself. Because when you compare and contrast, you're, you're, you're judging and you're judging yourself and uh, you're criticizing yourself and you're criticizing others. And uh, like I said, you know, we would all be so much better off if we um, just didn't judge things so much, you know, and it's, it's not, it's impossible to completely not be judgmental. Um, but I find, you know, when I see myself judging people, um, I remind myself of what I like about them, you know, like, okay, maybe they're not as quote unquote cool as me, or maybe they're not as fit as me, or maybe they're just, they have different sensibilities or maybe their politics is different or maybe whatever. Find something good about that person and you'll, you'll start to realize why that person's your friend because, you know, um, maybe they're a little not as cool as you or something, but they're, they're fun or they're smart or they're funny or they're, you know, or, or they don't, they don't freak out like you. They don't get worried about things like you. You know, we have so much to learn from each other if we are just to stop, you know, hating each other so much. We have a natural repulsion towards each other. And it's based on the fact that we're giving each other too much grief out there. There's too many things to live up to, you know, physical perfection, uh, sexual perfection, uh, emotional perfection, personality. You know, don't worry about it, you guys. You are a work in progress. I am a work in progress. And this has been my podcast today. Um, when you're having grief, when you're having anxiety, try, try you guys to just take it easy and, and assess what you need right now and, uh, try to make good decisions. Bailey Sarian will tell you, she's a famous YouTuber, uh, make good decisions. And that's the truth. You guys make good decisions. You know, the more often that you make decisions, uh, that are good for you, um, the better you're going to feel. And um, I've learned that success is all about um, uh, the success is like uh, is like um, I'm, I'm forgetting the word uh, success builds like a snowball effect. You know, um, when you have uh, happy thoughts, when you when you get yourself in balance, when you get right with God or get right with your absence of God or whatever it is for you. When you get right with yourself and start making better decisions and every day just make little marginal improvements, you're going to find that you're happier. Uh, you're going to find that your life starts making more sense and has more order. And that's what it's all about, you guys, because honestly, this life ain't for the meek and it's hard for all of us. And I think a lot of people out there are just tired and cranky. And uh, their belief systems are getting a little bit out of control because uh, it's just so easy to assign blame, uh, whether it be political blame or financial blame. Uh, it's so easy to, to take your problems out on others. But uh, first, before you blame somebody else, look in that mirror and ask yourself, what can I do to perfect myself? Or at least, what can I do to make myself feel happy about being who I am despite my faults. So that's what I have to say about depression and anxiety and grief is that um, it's something that we live with. It's something that we cope with. And if we're having bad days, just take a day off, take an hour off, do whatever it, it takes to get yourself right in the head because that's what life is all about, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm not perfect. And I hope you don't judge me um, because this pod podcast is not going to be perfect. It is a stream of consciousness episode. I think about it uh, very thoughtfully before I record, um, but it's not perfect. And I might go on tangents that are like, oh, I didn't know I was going to go there. 
but I do it because it helps me. It's therapy. And I hope it is a little bit of therapy for you as well, because yeah, life is, is rough. And sometimes we have to cry and allow yourself to cry. Men, it's okay to cry. Women, it's okay to be emotional sometimes. Just give yourself a break, you guys. Y'all deserve a break. Um, but uh, once you've got that break and you you feel that peace start to come back in, capture it and like lightning in a bottle and start accumulating as much lightning in a bottle as you can. Start collecting as much uh, extra energy and happiness. And, uh, you know, like I said, that, that progress is, is like, um, <clears throat> like a snowball effect. You've got that energy, that built up energy behind you that's propelling you forward. And most successful people, their, their success is measured by the fact that they continue to make small changes and small progress that propelled them, that energy is stored behind them and it's pushing them forward. And so that's what you have to do, guys. Um, that's all I got for today. You know, and I hope you got something out of this. Um, I really, really appreciate uh, my audience and you guys for everything that you do, all the kind well wishes and support. Um, it means so much to me, you guys. Um, I can't tell you how much it means to me. Um, I'm here for you as a friend, as a guide. I'm not perfect. My advice may or may not work for you, um, but I, I, I assure you, I'm here for you. Uh, I would physically give you the shirt off my back if I could, if it would help you even for one second, because that's the person I want to be. And so thank you so much for uh, listening. We're going to be back uh, one more time this week. And, um, you know, occasionally I might do three episodes a week. Uh, it really depends because I'm, I have written material that I want to read for you guys occasionally, and they'll be much shorter. Um, but I, I really want to uh, be your source of fun and thoughtfulness. And uh, if you're feeling sad, I hope I cheer you up. If you're, if you're needing uh, somebody to just sort of listen to that's conversational, that's what I'm here for. I'm here for you guys. And so um, I'm not a perfect person and uh, nor do I make the claim to be. And so I hope you guys will forgive me for my shortcomings and trespasses. But first and foremost, forgive yourself. And I thank you guys for listening. I'll be back one more time this week. Thank you for listening to Surviving Empathy. And uh, yeah, you can reach me on my uh, social network, my social media, uh, Twitter and Instagram at Chef Fry Comedy. That's Chef P-R-Y Comedy. And uh, I think that's all I have for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Love you. Have a good day. And I'll see you around soon.